welcome to Talking Teenagers. I'm James Schoen. And I'm James Certin. Conversation, expertise and advice on the world and well-being of our teenagers. Hello to you all and uh, it is James and I and we're going to be talking about a topic uh, that is very close to his heart, which is the impact of awe and wonder. And uh, I wonder whether this is a good time for me just to ask that direct question. You know, what is it about awe and wonder? Or perhaps even start earlier than that. What is awe and wonder? Oh, what is awe and wonder? That's a very good question. It's a combination, I think, of of being sort of... Well, your wife described it just very well just now, didn't she? She called it about sort of self-transcendence, that idea of yeah, almost... Quite a complicated language, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> you described it in, in more layman's terms, mate. How did you describe it? I I think it is that sense of something that brings you out of yourself. Um, so it can be something very small, or it can be something very big—a big sort of roaring sky, or a or a very small flower, or a piece of art, or a piece of music that just makes you exit yourself and sort of realize, wow, that's that's quite a, a, an arresting moment. I think I call the word arrest. Actually, that yeah. sort of it stops you and it does it also i agree with that does it also i think arrest and ignite there's something that ignites within you in within your um we haven't talked about spirituality much in terms of like uh, our children's spiritual beings but the soul or whatever it might be whatever language people feel most comfortable with but there's something about uh, there's a sort of soul reaction isn't there there's something that connects with arrests ignites within you and wonder and awe is is one of the most wonderful things which is why i'm i love it and i'm passionate about yes. it because i always think of you as as a real guru of it you know having been in the travel industry for a number of years Can you tell us a little bit about that yeah well i um i guess uh, the whole issue of awe and wonder became interesting for me because my daughter went on her year out this year and obviously got slightly truncated bless her but but I remember thinking and looking back to my own year out 30 years ago, gosh. And, you know, and that was a, a, a time of real awe and wonder for me. I travelled okay. I traveled around Kenya, did some work in an orphanage there. And then we went to, uh, I met my cousin in Egypt and Israel. And it was, uh, my eyes were open to a part of the world, to a different group of people, to different rituals and rhythms and smells and sights. And it was a, it was a very profound kind of experience for me. And actually sort of thrust me into a world where I, I got what I would probably describe as wanderlust and spent 10 years working in the travel industry and um, was fortunate enough to travel to lots of different places. And that for me was a very significant time. I think we, we you know, talk about wow moments or moments where, you know, your can breath you, is taken you, can away. Can you give us one or two wow moments, moments of places that you visited? I can, I will. I think, it, like, coming back to what you said at the start, though, it's important that we remember that we can find them in every day. You don't have to. But I had a... I, don't, I remember a moment standing on a cruise boat in Alaska with the mountains coming right out of the water, and I was standing on my own at the back of the boat, and uh, this whale just suddenly breached about 30 metres from me, and just and it was like a little gift almost mine. Yeah, it was lovely. And I can still picture it in my mind and still have moments of it and I guess when we think about things that we want our children to learn things that we want our children to appreciate to give them a gift of wonder and awe I think it is a gift I think that's the right word 
is is very important and helping them nurturing that in them you can't really inculcate it perhaps but you you can sort of teach them to enjoy the moments and coming back to what i was saying i I sat down one day and tried to write down to my daughter what i think you have to have in you to to experience awe and wonder and i wouldn't say there's a science to it at all because because that takes away the spontaneity and the joy and the and the brilliance of it but there are things that you have to be and it is about being not doing we were discussing that earlier isn't it i think you have to be in a state of being you almost have to to sort of drop or exit yourself and you know, be mindful isn't it yeah you just sort of think right okay i'm going to switch out of my doing mode and i'm going to try and soak in what's around me yes and actually the first thing i said to her is to experience awe and wonder you have to be wholly present in the moment um, if you're in any way distracted, if you're in any way trying to do something rather than just be in the moment. I always get quite frustrated watching people always taking pictures of moments of wonder. Yeah. And I understand the desire to capture it. Yeah, but I so do... it's almost more of a desire to capture it than yes. actually experience it, which is, yeah. Yeah. I think some of us can anticipate moments and take greater joy in anticipating them or reflecting on moments by looking at our pictures but actually there's real true awe and wonder is being right there at that moment and fully absorbing it and to do that i think we have to teach our children to switch on their senses you know talk about sight and sound and smell and all those things and actually really feel it you were saying how much you enjoyed going out with your youngest daughter because yes, she just yes exactly that so Florence is 10 and when I take her for a dog walk she is the one of our children who notices everything and you know she'll just see a little leaf that she's never seen before or notice a moth or a butterfly or a, a smell or and it's just it's wonderful it's really wonderful and we you know we stumble along really very slowly but it's lovely absolutely lovely you know that she is the one that's noticing and she'll point out to me but i mean my journey has obviously losing most of my sight you know the visuals which i used to love those sort of those arresting moments um yeah i remember a doctor saying to me you've got to learn to turn on your other senses of hearing things and the lovely bird song at the moment during lockdown has been quite striking and and the smells, you know, when there's this sort of muck spreading or whatever going on, that you really appreciate that smell. It's hard to do, but you do. And to think, I'm in the country and this is good. And, you know, this is good for the land. And It's almost having to sort of go back to, to that childish ability to switch on, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Where your senses are much more alive. And I think yeah. coming back to your 10-year-old, the, the second thing I wrote to my daughter was you have to be inquisitive. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to have a sort of open to the world around you that inspires you to to stop and look and inquire and be curious i think we can we can do that with our children there is that it's quite sad in a way when you think about taking a young child out for a walk how that has you know morphs between you know kind of the age of up to 10 and then as they head into their teenage years it sort of feels like that's been dampened a bit or squidged or and and they they slightly sort of drag their heels oh it's not my turn or why is it me again or and actually, it was interesting, actually, yesterday, I remember taking my son, who's 12, for a dog walk, and he, we, we started off, and oh, I don't, but by the time he got back, I remember pointing out to him on the way back, you're in a much, much better place now, aren't you? And he said, yeah, no, I love it. 
And I said, what do you love about it? And he said, I just love being in the outdoors. Um, and it is a gift to us, isn't it? Um, it is. And it's a daily gift. And it's, it's interesting, you know, you've been in Alaska and you've seen these incredible sights. But the bottom line, you don't need to be there. You can be in your back garden, can't you? I take as much pleasure from my garden or the Midford Valley. In fact, my children get quite bored about how my wife and I enjoy the garden so much. Yeah, yeah. yeah I think it's I think it's interesting because obviously with your 12-year-old, that, that experience of being outdoors is very soothing, is very uplifting. As, you, as we said, it ignites something, it captures something. For each of our children, that might be something different, mightn't it? It might just actually be sitting down and listening to a piece of music. It might be, um, you know, art or, or it might be all kinds of things. And actually part of our skill as parents, I think, is placing them in situations where they get to experience a wide range of opportunities to experience wonder and awe. And not all of them are going to float their boat. You know, not all of them are going to. Um, sometimes they might just be taught to appreciate something rather than really love it and sing to it, as it were. But for for each of them, and I think sometimes we have to be cautious that what makes us come alive isn't necessarily what will make our yeah, children come alive. So true, isn't it? So true. And and actually, in a way, it's sort of natural and inbuilt. You know, so my eldest son, absolutely the most exciting thing for him is a sunset. And ever since, you know, very early stage in age, you know, he would always want to be in a place to watch the sun go down. And it, he's still exactly the same. And he loves the water. Yeah, he loves know. the water as well. And yeah, so, so for him, being in water or ne near water yeah. is a very, yeah. you know, good for him, isn't it? I remember you saying that. Yeah, yeah for others, it could, be, it could be something totally different. And I think, yeah. I think it's still important that we place them in situations where I was saying to you, if we go to London, I'll always try and drag one of my children into an art gallery. Yeah. But I'll do it for 45 minutes. I'm not going to try and drag them around for three hours. And actually, my eldest, my daughter, really likes galleries and really enjoys them. The boys are a bit more take it and leave it. But mm. I think even just by dipping your toe in the water of them, yeah. you're allowing them to see and experience something. I think the other thing about that is, and again, we were talking about this earlier, is there's nothing worse than watching a parent sort of bludgeon the life out of an experience like that for them, isn't it? You know, that they... That's a really good point, actually. I think, you know, with this awe and wonder, there's a, there's a slight sense of just let it, let it work itself into the young person. Mm. And I think part of it is, is actually when you go on a dog walk, there isn't a sort of a tickless moment of you stride out and you get the job done and back, wipe the dog down and on to the next thing. But actually, you walk more slowly. You don't necessarily feel that you've got to direct the conversation, but you really try and exit that human doing and become a being, become yes. a person. We talked about the importance of, with awe and wonder, of practicing the three S's of, of stillness, of silence, and sometimes of solitude. Mm. And if you're so busy trying to teach your children about awe and wonder, then they're never going to get that ability to just be because they're always going to be trying to listen or try and react in the way that you want them to and actually by all means process with them afterwards or like at the end of the walk you did uh, with your son but actually to in that moment just let it happen and actually trust the child um, to respond to it and 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 to feel it and to experience it um, to the core of themselves. And if we're so busy talking or have an agenda about how they must respond to it, then we're not going to learn very much. I've got a question um, for you, Bud. And the question is, 
why is it so important? What, what, what is it, you know, for the parents listening now, what, why do they need to be encouraging their children to experience a sense of awe and wonder? Some of the things about awe and wonder that I think are important are to experience awe and wonder, there's a sense of gratitude. And I think whenever you have a moment like that, you feel a sense of gratitude to the world or to God or whatever your makeup is, or even just to your surroundings. And I think that's really important to be able to have that sense of gratitude and to feel that. That was actually one of the things I wrote to my daughter. You know, you need to be in a in a state of gratitude to what's given you to you. Always feel that sort of that kiss from another source. Don't yes. You? I'll never forget actually when we when we lived in Moncton, we had a grotty garden and it was all sort of fairly unkempt. But I remember there were about three or four peony roses that would pop up every year. And outside the gate, as I walked out of the garden, there was a peony rose. And I always felt that was a little sort of heavenly, have a good day yes. type thing. And it's 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 amazing how those small, small things can make a big difference. That's right. It's like I lo- I love that idea of a sort of metaphorical kiss and actually yeah, yeah. It, it does it does stir your soul for good. Um, and I think when you have gratitude in your heart like that, it it helps you both internally, but also how you, as you just said, address the world externally. Yeah. You're coming from a better place. So your, your child is... Um, and actually learning to just sort of... The other thing I said to my daughter was humility. Mm-hmm. Learning to see yourself in the in the presence of something much bigger than yourself and that's where lying on your back and looking at stars and constellations yes. and sort of thinking wow you know you were talking about going to see a shower of meteorites and that's right my family in france about three years ago there were about 20 of us and um one of us found out that there was a meteor shower that night and we all took mattresses out in the garden in this quite remote part of france and just lay. And it took your eyes about 15 to 20 minutes to acclimatise and we kept looking at satellites and thinking they were meteors. <laughs> when it happened, there was, you know, you could hear amongst the group these collectors, oh, and oh, and did you see that? And and there was something rather lovely about sort of modelling that and that sort of cohesion and collective spirit of seeing something that was so extraordinary and, and like you say, like a gift. And that it was humbling and it was charming and it and it did um it did stir the heart you know and stir the soul and i think we all have that you know recollection now and it's um it's a so lovely. i think that first point of it it, it evokes a gratitude and i think that is just so powerful i'm all over gratitude and learning to be thankful for what you have and can do the other thing that i always find really powerful is that it does as, as olivia has just said transcend yourself and kind of Somehow, when we're so caught up in our own narratives, and it can be woe is me, or it can be my life so busy, or whatever, that actually to step out into a big wide world, or to see that rose, or to appreciate that piece of music, somehow just you realise that there's a whole other world out there, and our little worlds that big, and aren't that significant. And sometimes it's so good to be reminded of that, isn't it? Yes. And I think it's nice in that same token to be reminded that you're part of something bigger than yourself mm-hmm. and part of a bigger narrative. I remember, um, I obviously have to get Watford Football Club into every podcast that we do, but my youngest is an avid sports fan and I believe that the capacity for awe and wonder exists in sporting events, yeah, actually, sure. going to, to Lords for the first time with him. But we went to Wembley uh, last year for the FA Cup semi-final, which we won. And... Um, 
And I remember his face stepping out, uh, you know, into the, and you could see the whole arena and there were, you know, 80,000 people there and noise and sights and color, unbelievable color. And his whole face was just transfixed with, with wonder. And it was partly just this wow moment. And it was partly, you know, feeling like I'm one of these 80,000 people bringing my own color and my own fanaticism or whatever. Yeah, Yeah, your own voice. What a lovely way to put it. And, you know, and I think there's something very powerful about that too, yeah, that, yeah, that no, sense of being part of something. So it's, it's all over the place, isn't it? Should we just think of a, a sort of list of... I, one of my favourite things for Awe and Wonder is the face of a cow, <laughs> <laughs> which is quite bizarre. But on, on my sort of daily walk with the, with, with the dog, it's, it's often we go through a field of cows. Um, and I don't like really being amongst a big herd of cows. I certainly don't want to be chasing them. But if they're the other side of a fence, I look at a cow and they're sort of doleful eyes and they're sort of, there's a gentleness about them. And I just think, oh, I like you. Thank you for my milk. Thank you for my cheese. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for my beef. Um, <laughs> my beef as well. <laughs> so what other, what other sort of areas of awe and wonder should we be tuned into? Well, I mean, I think I'm a big outdoors person, but I think I think um, buildings, I think, are, are very significant. I, I think um, architecture for some people is a, is a wonderful way of capturing awe. And I, I do remember that, and I, I think this is a good example of how people sometimes experience wonder in different ways. I think we, my wife and I, were looking at a clock. We're quite made quite differently. Yeah. I'm quite into the aesthetic. She's quite into the science. We were looking at this clock, I think, in Prague or somewhere. And we stared at it for about two or three minutes. And I remember saying, isn't that the most beautiful clock you've ever seen? And her her mind was going, I wonder how that clock works. Yeah. Even looking at the same thing, our wonder can be about different yeah. things. Yeah. And actually allowing that. And you can learn wonder of other people's reactions to things in a way that I, I never, ever look at something, Jukes, which says, how does that work? <laughs> Partly because even the most basic, you know, explanation will still leave me confused. Yeah, yeah. But I think it is extraordinary how things are put together like that. The simple things that you have, you, yeah. you can feel awe at an iPhone. You can yeah. feel awe at, you know, anything like that, yeah. can't you? And the wonderful thing is that awe is not contained, is it? Wonder is not contained. Um, it's not in a box somewhere. It's, it's actually around us. And, and part of what we're saying is it's about being attuned to it and uh, being alive to it and that's where and i know we've talked about this ad nauseum in talking teenagers but where your phones get in the way and where you're you know all that kind of uh, actually it kind of sanitizes the world doesn't it yeah and, obfuscates and it, it yeah and it and it sort of somehow stirs up those internal emotions of me 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 but the great thing of awe and wonder is it somehow exits that world of me 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 and it becomes wow 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 as opposed to something that is just you know, quite. I love what you were saying earlier that you know you can go for a walk, you can plug in your phones, and it can be a podcast or some music. But sometimes you just say no. I can leave my mobile phone at home, and today I'm going to appreciate what I see, the sounds that I hear, the smells that I smell, and yeah. your children see that and 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 notice it and hopefully do it. Yeah, you know, on a day off, I'll often go and take the dog for a walk, and then I'll just lie down in a field, and I just love listening to the sounds. I love observing the seasons and, yeah. and and some moments sometimes mate you don't come back with a great sense of wonder about that yeah. you know the wonder wonder moments are not it, you don't always get them yeah. you know and you don't you can't sort of script a wonder moment can you, you can't yeah. sort of say i'm going to go for a walk today and i'm going to have a sense of awe and wonder yeah. 
you sometimes just have a sense of appreciation. Yes. But when you are... Correct. There's a distinction there. Yeah. But then every now and then something happens, yeah. you know, might be the face of a cow. Or <laughs> it might it be... It just gets you. Yeah. Because yeah. you, you, you've put yourself in, in the way of something and allowed yourself to be. And uh, we're not sort of... We're not... We don't want to seek and, you know, sort of hunt down awe and wonder because I, I think it would be elusive if we did, but we're just placing ourselves in an environment where we can and, and trying to allow ourselves as individuals and as families to do that. Yeah. So as we as we draw to a close, but, you know, what, what would be the things that you would sort of say to a parent that we should be trying to do? I love that idea of modelling. Second thing I think is that, you know, you're going out for a walk and a walk isn't a, you know, tick in the box, done that job, you know, on to the next. It's actually I'm going to slow down and I'm going to be quite purposefully mindful on my walk. And for our children just to kind of almost have an experience where it's just like we're, we're going slower. I think one thing that we did that we've talked about is, you know, I think from the age of about 10, my wife and I have taken in turns every year to take one of our children off just for a couple of days. Yeah. And I think one-to-one, one-to-one with your child, and you might just take them to, I mean, we've done, we've gone to European cities or we've gone just to the New Forest or we've gone uh, up a mountain or I've taken my daughter just walking on the southwest coastal path. But I think sometimes just giving space for, A, that relationship, but also in what we talked about in terms of modelling, trying to put themselves in you know, take them to a show, take them to a stadium, take them to a whatever it might be, give them opportunities and put them in, in the way of that is good and I think really important. How about you, mate? Any closing thoughts? I think it's a brilliant topic. I think it's a brilliant, brilliant topic. You know, in this world of, you know, it is a me, me, me culture um, and social media and, and the way the world is now. But this is a, a, a sort of, it's a natural gift that has been offered to us for free and it's there, and it's there day in, day out, whether it be the weather or the sounds around us or just, a, you know, a, a sunset or something. It, it is there. It's a gift. And it has such, I think, such a positive effect on how we feel and where our minds go. And I think sometimes as some parents, I think, can get really stuck over the idea of a spiritual moment or a soulful moment. And I think you know, I would really strongly recommend that people like that are not cynical about the stuff like this. You know, that actually there is a, there does seem to be an element in all of us uh, to get in touch with that is like, you know, beyond ourselves almost. Mm. And, you know, just to, to be open to that, to be soft towards that. Mm. You know, to, I think it's a lot of it is about posture, you know, and approaching the world in a way that is, like we said, humble, inquisitive, grateful. And you make the choice. Yeah. You make the choice, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to, you know, I, I am going to just sort of sit on a bench uh, in the garden and I'm going to listen to birdsong. Yeah. And um, you make that choice. And I promise you 99 times out of 100, you will walk back inside feeling stronger and better as a person. Agreed. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. about I Can and I Am Charity, 
We provide presentations and resources and help build self-confidence in young people. Visit their website at icaniam.com. Be a song.